In Numbers chapter 15, we are continuing, seriously, our study of the children of Israel as they are in the wilderness, out of Egypt, headed to the promised land, and there they are in the wilderness. And what we've been doing on these Wednesday nights is we've been thinking about some of the lessons that we can learn in those wilderness seasons in life. It's been interesting to me, just in the last few days, how many people I have talked to who are currently in the wilderness. I talked to a lady today whose mom just died. I talked to a man today from another family whose mom just died. I talked to a man late this afternoon whose dad just died. I talked to a man on Monday night who wanted prayer. He comes to our services, and he was having surgery yesterday and today, and the surgery was so extensive that they were going to do half of the surgery yesterday, the other half today, but it was so extensive that he would have to be sedated all through the night last night. They didn't even wake him up between the procedures. He's in a wilderness, and maybe tonight you're in a wilderness, maybe like that or maybe in a different wilderness. I received a text on Sunday afternoon from a lady in our church She and her husband just had COVID in June, and now she has been reinfected only two months later. And not only is she having to go through the feeling bad, she's trying to figure that whole thing out. Well, I thought your immunity was supposed to be longer than that. And there she is. She has it again. I received a text message late last night just before I went to bed from a friend in Los Angeles whose family has been through and is going through uh, a great number of challenges all at the same time. I received a text message on Monday from a friend in Little Rock, Arkansas. They actually live here. She and her husband flew to Little Rock. Their daughter was having serious surgery there. She and her husband, their kids live in Little Rock, and uh, their daughter's probably in her late 20s, and it's serious. And so her parents flew there to be with her and, uh, during, the, during the surgery. And I'm just saying, just in the last few days, the number of people that I have talked to who are in a wilderness, death, sickness, tragedy, depression, all these things, and tonight perhaps you are in, hopefully not one of those wildernesses, but you're in a wilderness in your own life, and we're trying to figure out what can we learn in the wilderness. The title of the message tonight is, In the Wilderness, We need some reminders of God. When you get out there in life and you go through something like that, you need to think about God and to focus as much as you can on God and to trust in God and not to be overcome by the wilderness. In Numbers chapter 15 and in verse number 37, this is our passage tonight, it says, Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. Back in Bible times, it was not uncommon for people to have tassels on the ends of their outer garment, what they might would call their tunic, what we might would call their robe or their jacket. And for a man, that tunic would come down a little bit below his knees. To a late for a lady, they would come down to her ankle. And wherever the tunic ended, wherever the hem was, at the end of the hem, they would put tassels. And those tassels became 
an accessory. It became part of the outfit, and it was part of the decor of that day. And they were to put a tassel on all four corners of that robe. So many of the people are already doing this, but God said to Moses, as the people are putting the tassels on their robes, and even some who might not be, they need to be putting those tassels on their robe. But again, at the end of verse 38, God said, put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners, and you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, and that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined, and that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for, the, for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. And so here are the Israelites, and now they're being told to put tassels on the four corners of their outer garment and a blue piece of thread in the middle of, the, of each of those tassels. Blue is the color of heaven. It's the royal, one of the royal colors. And God said to Moses, tell the people in the wilderness when things are tough and they don't want to be where they are and their circumstances are not great, but they can't do anything about it, that if, if they'll just look at those tassels, those tassels can remind them of me and it can remind them of my commandments and it can remind them of the things that I want uh, to do in their life. And so as I thought about that today, and at first I thought, well, I'm not sure if I should do a whole sermon Bible study tonight on tassels on garments because we don't wear robes and we don't wear tunics and we don't have tassels on our outer garments. That's just not the culture that we live in. But yet they did. And yet the message, the meaning is the same for us in the wilderness times of life. And even if we're not in the wilderness, we need some reminders of God in our lives. And so what I want to do tonight is mention four things, four reminders that you need. And it, for you, it won't be a tassel or a piece of blue thread. It might be a picture. It might be a book. It might be some memento. It might be your mother's Bible. It might be something that somebody gave you. It might be a picture of a cross. It might be a cross you can hold in your hand. It might be a cross you wear around your neck. It might be something that every time you look at it, it can be a reminder to you of God and something specific about God. I think we would all agree that in the world in which we're living, we need something to make us think about God. And we need something that would encourage us to, uh, to grow in our spiritual life. So the first thing I would say is this. We need, in the wilderness, some reminders of God's purpose for us. You need something in your life that you can look at on a regular basis. And when you look at that, it can be a reminder to you of God's purpose for your life, why it is that you were created. Now, I have some verses I want us to look up tonight. So if you'll go to the right of where we are in Numbers, find the book of Jeremiah, and it'll take you just a moment to find that. Right after Isaiah is the book of Jeremiah. And if you have found that, find chapter number one and verse number five, because God here is speaking to the prophet Jeremiah, and God says something very interesting. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, I think most of us, if not all of us here tonight, are pro-life. And those of us who are pro-life, we often hear, you know, somebody will say, life begins at conception. Well, there's a sense in which that's true. 
But there's another sense in which life begins before conception. (laughs) Because here God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, before you were conceived. When does life begin? Well, in the mind of God, it it began before we were even conceived. God said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah, your parents hadn't even come together yet. You, you had not even been conceived. You, you, your, your inward parts had not even begun to be formed. But before any of that happened, I already knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. What was God saying to Jeremiah? God was saying, Jeremiah, before, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had a plan for your life. And in your case, it was to be a prophet to the nations. Now, as you think about how that affects your life, you say, well, I'm not a prophet. Well, neither am I. I'm not preaching to the nations, and I'm not even a prophet. I'm a preacher. I'm not a prophet in the Old Testament sense that Jeremiah was a prophet. But there is something we can learn from this passage, and that is before we were ever born, God had a purpose and a plan for our life. And part of our job is to try, with God's help, to figure that out. Now, while your purpose and my purpose may have some things about them that are different, there are some things that are exactly the same, no matter who we are. First of all, God's purpose for us is that we might know Him. Did you know the primary purpose that God made you, the reason that God made you, is so that He could have a personal relationship with you, so that He could know you, and so that you could know Him. You were made for a relationship with God. Someone has said that when God made us, He made us with a hole in our heart. And that hole would always be there until we turn to God and let Him fill that hole. Our hearts are empty until we fill ourselves with God or until God fills us with Himself. So our purpose, first of all, is to know God. Our purpose, second of all, is to serve God. Now, we may serve God in different ways, but our purpose is to serve God. And did you know our purpose is to represent God? I remember when I first went into the ministry, one of the things my dad said to him and his father in the ministry had said this to him. He said, John, remember this. Wherever you go, to a hospital room, to a nursing home, somebody's house, preach a sermon, city hall, wherever, wherever you go, you go as a representative of God. When you walk in the room, God walks in the room in you. You're not God. But God is in you. And as a minister, when you walk in the room, you represent God. So dress like it, act like it, talk like it, believe it, and represent God well. Well, that's true. But that's not only true for those of us in the, quote, ministry. Folks, the fact is we're all in the ministry. We're just all doing different things in the ministry. But it's not, you know, this division of clergy and laity, that's not a biblical division. We just are all doing different things within the body of Christ. But whatever we do, we are God's representatives in this world. And... We have to be reminded of our purpose. One of the things that you should think of every day, maybe not with these words, you don't have to remember the points, but every day in your own words and in your own mind, when you get going in the day, you should be reminded, God made me for a purpose. And part of that purpose is to know Him. Another part of that purpose is to serve Him. Another part of that purpose is to represent him, and and part of our purpose is to find out what is our specific calling in life. 
What is it that God wants me to do? You know, in my particular case, when I was a teenager, I felt like God wanted me to be a preacher. And I just felt that in my heart. I never had uh, an audible word from God. I never saw a vision or anything like that. I just had a desire in my heart that I, I wanted to go into the ministry, that I wanted to preach, that, that, that that's what God had made me to do. I think, that, I think that had been in my heart from childhood. And, you, you know, you get older and you in high school, in teenage years, you think about all the different things. And I can remember hearing people say to me, ministers would say to me, if you can ever imagine yourself doing anything other than being a preacher, do that. Well, I'm somewhat of a literalist. And so I have a pretty good imagination. And so I could close my eyes and I could imagine myself being a doctor or a surgeon. And there I walk into the operating room and there I see myself doing a surgery. I could see myself doing that. I could see myself as an attorney walking into the uh, courtroom and arguing a case, prosecuting a case, defending a defendant. I could close my eyes and see myself doing that. The only thing was this. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else and being happy other than being a preacher. I could imagine myself doing a lot of things, but I couldn't imagine myself being happy and fulfilled while I was doing it. And so that was the one way that I knew God wanted me to preach. And so when I was young, 18, I made a commitment that for the rest of my life, I was going to be a preacher. And there were some who advised me, like when I was going to college, you know, get a degree in business, so if the preaching thing doesn't work out for you, you'll have something to fall back on. Well, I'm not saying that's bad advice, and I'm not saying it's bad for a preacher to have a degree in business. Much of this uh, is, there is a business aspect in a church. I get that. But I can remember even at 18 thinking, you know what? God's called me to preach. I'm burning my bridges, and I'm not going to have anything to fall. The only thing I've got to fall back on is God. I don't have a plan B. I've noticed this in life. If somebody has a plan B, when things get tough, they'll resort to it. And so in my particular case, I just felt like, no, I need to just, I'm going to be a preacher. I'll get a degree in religion. I'll plan to preach. And uh, that's the road I'm on. And I, I don't want to over, I'm, hey, when I think about mementos and reminders and crosses and Bibles and pictures and things, if anybody has a lot of that, it's me because I'm overly sentimental. But I want to show you a picture tonight that I don't think I've ever shown. That's me when I was 18 or 19 years old, had just been called to be the co-pastor, actually, of a little church in East Texas. And that man, uh, to my right, your left, is a man named Bruce Fielden. He was one of two deacons in that country church. They only had two, and he was one of them. And the man to the left is a man named Ronnie Glossop. His wife played the piano, and he led the singing. And he was in law enforcement. That was his day job, but on the weekend, he played that. And there we are one Sunday after the service having our picture made. And I have that picture in my office, and I look at it regularly, and when I look at that picture, it is a reminder to me. Now, this is me. This wouldn't be for you, but in my particular case, God has called you to preach. Preach. When you get an opportunity, preach. That is what God has called you to do, and so that's just a reminder to me. I was 18 then. You know, I'm older than that now. But it wouldn't be right for me to go to God and say, that God, when I was eight, that's what I did when I was a young man, but now I've gotten older and I think I want to go do something else. No, no. 
That's a reminder to me. That's part of God's purpose for my life. Now, another thing we need, we need some reminders of God's faithfulness to us. Through the years, God has been faithful to us, and we need some reminders of how faithful that God has been. Now, go to the book of Psalms. I want to show you a couple of verses here. In Psalm 92, one of the best Psalms in all the Bible. Psalm 92 and verse number 1, it says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Now watch verse 2. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Now why does it say to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness at night? Because every night when we go to bed, before we drift off to sleep, one of the things that we should, the last thing that you put in your mind every night should not be Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, or Stephen Colbert. Nothing against any of them. It shouldn't be ESPN. It shouldn't be the evening news. If it's the evening news, you won't be able to go to sleep after you hear that report. Uh, I mean, this is just me personally. Or maybe if you do like to watch a, a comedy show and that drip, okay, then before you watch that, at some point at night, before you go to bed, before you go to sleep, rather, take a few minutes to reflect upon God's faithfulness to you throughout that day. And you know, in our homes and in our offices or wherever we might work, we need some reminders of God's faithfulness to us. I was going to show you a picture tonight. We can't show it because it's copyrighted. But several years ago, I was going to have a surgery. And a lady in our church, she and her husband wrote me, a, they sent me a card praying for me going into that surgery. And the card, on the outside of the card, it's a picture of a doctor in an operating room operating on a patient, and, and Jesus is back behind that surgeon, and he's helping that surgeon know, where, know how to do the surgery. And they, they sent me that. That was in 2011. And I remember seeing that, and even the doctor, the, the picture on that looked like the doctor who was going to be doing my surgery. I know it's not, but it looked like it. And so I have held on to that ever since I had that. And every time that I have had to have surgery or anybody in my family. I look at that, and I'm reminded. Now, God, you're going to be in the operating room. And uh, it was, it's just God's faithfulness. In fact, I texted that picture to the lady in Little Rock the other day as her daughter was in the uh, operating room. And I texted her that, and I said, Now, you remember, Jesus is in that operating room with her. And thankfully, everything turned out fine. But we need some reminders of how faithful that God has been to us through the years. Another thing we need, we need some reminders of God's expectations of us. It's not just God's goodness to us and his faithfulness to us and his purpose for us. That's all true. But we need some reminders of God's expectations of us. Now, you're in numbers, or at least you were to start with. Go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 28. And I just want us to see a few verses here about the importance of being obedient to the Lord. In chapter 28 and verse 1, Scripture says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. All through the Scriptures, there's a teaching that God blesses obedience. Obedience always results in some kind of a blessing. Maybe not immediately, maybe not the type of blessing we thought, but God always blesses obedience. 
Verse 2, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Verse 6, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Verse 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hand, work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations... But you shall not borrow, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or the left, to go after other gods to serve them. What is God saying here? God is saying to his people then, and God is saying to his people now, if you obey me, you're going to be blessed. If you disobey me, you're going to be cursed. You're going to have problems in your, in your life. But, you know, we need some reminders that God expects us to do the right thing and that God expects us to obey him. I came across, I was given a gift the last, in the last two or three weeks that means a tremendous amount to me. And I want to tell this story before I show you the picture. But uh, I think everybody here who's you know, at least 30, and, and maybe younger than that, has a deep respect for Billy Graham. Went to Billy, Dr. Graham went to be with the Lord back in, uh, in 2018, almost 100 years of age. And just, you know, here's how I look about it, the life of Billy Graham. We were blessed to live on the planet at the same time Dr. Graham lived on the planet. I think we received... Many blessings just because we happen to be living when he was living, and that's what I believe. I hold him in that high, in that high regard, in that high of esteem. I had a man in our church. He's retired Houston police, and he sent me a text some time ago, six weeks or so ago. He said, hey, my wife and I have something we want to give you, and we'd like to bring it to the office one day, but we don't want to come up there if you're not there. And so tell us when you... So we coordinated our time, and we had a meeting. And they came in the office, and they had this gift. They had it all covered up. And uh, the man told me a story. He said, you know, John, I'm Houston, I was Houston police before I retired. My dad was Houston police. And he said, back in the 1970s, when Billy Graham came to Houston and preached at Rice Stadium, some of you may have gone to those, that crusade out there, and Dr. Graham was in, in uh, Houston multiple times, he said, somehow my dad got assigned to guard Dr. Graham by the Houston Police Department. He, was, he did security for Dr. Graham. And uh, so through all of Dr. Graham's times of coming to Houston, he and my dad actually developed quite a friendship. So much so that he and my mom went to North Carolina and stayed in their home on multiple occasions. And I'm just listening to this. Of course, anything I can hear about Dr. Graham... I love Dr. Graham so much. I'll tell you this. I was home the other night, and, and it was on, a, I think, a Friday night, and I was trying to find something to watch on TV, and I couldn't find anything worth watching. And I got my phone, and I found an interview that Johnny Carson did of Billy Graham back in the 1970s. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. If you get bored tonight and you don't like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, or Stephen Colbert, watch Johnny Carson interview Billy Graham. Just watch that, and it'll be good. So anyway... He's telling me about this, and he said, John, they developed a real friendship, and now, of course, my dad has died, 
And he said, when my dad used to go visit the Graham home, there was a picture in Dr. Graham's study, a portrait that somebody had painted of Dr. Graham in 1965. And evidently, he said, my dad liked the picture. Long story short, time went by and Dr. Graham gave this police officer the portrait. And so the man is saying to me, John, I grew up seeing this picture in our house every day of Billy Graham. And he said, my mom has had it in her house ever since my dad died. And now she's gotten older and she's having to move into it like a small apartment. She didn't have room for it. And so she called me and said, um, I don't have room for this. Do you have any need for it? And he got it. And so long story short, he said, well, John, the fact is my wife and I, although we treasure the picture, we thought you might like it, not more than us, but that it might mean something to you. And they gave me this beautiful portrait that hung in Dr. Graham's home and that was in his, day, in his home for many years. And now it's in my home. And I want to just show you that picture tonight of... Uh, of Billy Graham. I just got it hung up a couple of uh, weeks ago. That's in my home study. And I'm going to tell you the honest truth. Do you know what I, the first thing I think of when I see Dr. Graham's picture? Here it is. Don't sin. That's that I think of. Because he, was so, he wasn't a perfect man, but he was such a holy man and a godly man. And it is a, remind, a picture of Billy Graham be a reminder of, of a lot of things about faithfulness and, 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 and things like that. But certainly a reminder to us that we should not sin. We need some reminders in our lives of God's expectations of us. And then we, we need some reminders of God's presence with us. That God is with us. Uh, all the time. Now, I want to show you one other verse tonight. If you'll go to Joshua chapter number 1 and verse number 9, just one other verse, Joshua 1, 9. And God says to Joshua, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so we need, we need some reminders that, that, God is, that God is with us. You know, as I think about as I think about those, those reminders, um, that, that God is with us and, and we need to be reminded of his presence, I am reminded of, um, of something that, that's, that somebody, somebody gave me many years ago when, when I was, well, I tell you what, I'm not going to tell that story tonight. I'm going to just park it right here and we'll stop. But let me encourage you in your life. And in your home even, to have some reminders of God, his purpose for your life, his faithfulness to you, his expectations, and his presence with you. And uh, if you'll be reminded of that, you just need some tassels, and you need a blue thread, and you need something that can remind you that in this world, God is with you, and God is never going to leave you. And if we can keep our focus on him, we'll be much better off. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight for this story in the, uh, in the Old Testament about Moses and about how you told him to tell those people to put some tassels on their robes. And I, I just pray tonight that we in our homes would have something, pictures, mementos, trinkets, Bibles, crosses, something, that when we see, th see them, 
they could make us think of you. Now with your head bowed and eyes closed, do you have anything in your home, anything that you carry in your pocket, anything in your wallet or in your purse, anything that you see regularly that makes you think of God? And if not, maybe a keychain. If not, maybe you could tonight think about something that does mean something to you and you could put it in a prominent place in your home so that every time you see it, it could be a reminder to you of God. Father, I thank you tonight that we don't have to draw our strength from reminders. We draw our strength from you, yourself. But God, I pray that we would have some things in our lives, that uh, some memorial stones that could remind us of you. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people said, amen and amen.